Welcome back, Goblins! You're listening to the Esoteric News Briefs. Tonight, I have another interview with Les O'Dell of West Virginia Cryptids and Strange Encounters. Welcome to the show, Les. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, could you start out by telling us a little bit about your organization? It's not really a group or an organization, I guess you'd say. It started out as a, a Facebook page for folks around West Virginia to come share their encounters, you know, whether it's paranormal experiences, UFO encounters, Bigfoot encounters, or, or anything strange, you know, that they would like to share. And then it slowly caught up to different things, and, and, and eventually I started going out to investigate things. When people would call me, I'd go out and investigate what their sightings were uh, and just interview them and, and then do a little bit of legend tripping and stuff like that. And that's actually how we met. I was recording a Bigfoot encounter with your group. Right. I remember it when it was in Morgantown, right? Correct. Right, right. You also have a YouTube channel, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it's the uh, same thing, West Virginia Cryptids and Strange Encounters. It's it's nothing that I, I really would brag about. <laughs> you know, um, I just go out and do little videos where I do my investigations. Usually, usually it's solo investigations and uh, maybe... Every once in a while with, with a buddy of mine or, or my son. Now, there are a couple investigations on there that really stood out to me. One was the research you put into finding the giants from yeah. the mounds. Could you elaborate on that a bit? Yeah, that was a subject I really, really liked. And uh, caught, it caught my interest You know, when I first started learning about it. I, I first learned about it from a book that I uh, had heard about. And that book was... At first, was I thought was going to be hard to obtain because it was extremely expensive. Uh, but eventually, actually, I went the first time I had I looked through the book was at the Fairmont State University, and then I was actually able to obtain one myself from a, a local antique store. But it tell it talks about the giants and where they were supposedly buried and and this that and so I started looking into it a little bit more and. Uh, Went to the historical society, done a little research here at the library. Uh, found some old maps uh, where there was supposedly the land plots or, or or whatnot had the name Jolliffe attached to them because they said the giants were in, in the book. The giants were buried. Okay, I, let me back up. They were supposedly found in Reesville, and in that text they said it the giants were re examined by a doctor, a doctor Kidwell, and then reburied in a cemetery in the Jolliffe Cemetery in Reesville, but there was there was parentheses around that and so I started looking into you know old cemetery plot maps and stuff like that and went in uh, Reesville but never found a, a Jolliffe Cemetery. So as I looked into it a little deeper I started going around found out that there was Jolliffe plots in the Crickets Fort Cemetery and I thought well maybe maybe they're there because it talks about they were reburied there in a, or the Jolly Cemetery, but because there was a waterway, I thought, well, maybe they were brought to that cemetery, you know, because it was directly across from Reesville, you know, almost directly across from Reesville. And I started looking into other accounts, reading a little bit about the, the prickets and, and, and this and that. And, and then I found out there was a cemetery, an actual Jolly Cemetery, but it was in Wetzel County. It had the right time frame that the Giants were supposedly found, but it just, for me, the time frame to, for them to travel, you know, like 40-some miles, like 45 miles or almost 46 miles in that time frame to take Giants to the cemetery, I, I didn't think that was, you know, plausible. So, like I said, I just kept looking through old old 
text and literature. And then, like I said, I come across a map that has a Jolliffe land plot. And I thought that was, you know, interesting. And then I decided, well, I'm going to go check this plot and see if it's still there or if anybody could tell me about it. And I, I went to the where the plot was, and there was an old man that has a house there. You know, I asked him, I said, are, are you, or do you know if there's a, a Jolliffe Cemetery, family cemetery here on your property? He said, no, there's no cemetery. But he said, this is still Jolliffe's land. There's, there's still Jolliffe's that live on the other part of it. And I was like, well, how, you know, I was just wondering about the, you know, the whole story of the giants. And this has been passed around for years that they were found in Reesville and buried in a Jolliffe Cemetery. He said, I don't know of any, any giants or anything like that. But he said, I do know there's the Indian burial ground or burial mound points to it and it's right there in his backyard i'm standing on his porch looking at this thing and we talked about it for a little bit and then as i was getting ready to leave he says hey by the way there's a cemetery on the other side of the creek uh, on the other hill so i drove up to it and it was like modern stones more or less except for one back corner and as i walked toward that back corner i started noticing first i noticed these wooden planks they were like sticking out of the ground as, as markers and what drove me to the back corner was a, a, a big cedar tree and then a great big dead stump. And I was like, well, that's, you know, that's interesting. And I walked back here. I started noticing Jolliffe stones, one after another. As you stand at the back part of that, where this big, the big the stump is, you can actually look across and see the mound. So I, that kind of caught my interest. I was like, well, maybe they're here. So that led me into looking into the doctor that supposedly examined them. Well, I did find where he's buried. He's in the Fairmont City Cemetery. I did find the uh, the foreman or whatever they that he's called it, the squire that they, I think it's what they called him. He's buried in Reesville. So both of these guys are they were real people. So they're not a made up legend or whatever you want to say. As I delved more into the doctor, I started looking into like the map and stuff again. But I I noticed something in this the bio of the doctor. And it said in the bottom, like the one, like one of the last paragraphs of his bio says, he was a member of the MP Church. And I thought that sounds familiar. I, I couldn't, I couldn't place it at first. It then it hit me. I remember seeing that on the map. So I pulled up the map again, where the graveyard is on above the hill and the mounds across the road. In between them is a church that was called the MP Church on that eighteen hundred and sixties some map I think it was. That was, I thought that was cool. The more I looked into it, the more I looked into it with the Macadam Road that supposedly ran through the same area, ending in the area they call Little Creek, which is right there where the mound is. Then you look into what they called Palatine. It said giants were found in Palatine, which is an area in Fairmont. But if you start looking into where the mound is, which was called Newport at one time, is now Catawba, for some reason when you look up that area, it's, it's consider, it, that area is considered Palatine. So all this time, I'm thinking the other giants were found were in Palatine, Fairmont area. But I'm thinking now that there's other ones because I had a, I had a lady actually contact me telling her great-grandfather remembers giants being the giants being found in Palatine, and he was from that area. So I think the ones they talk about being in Palatine were actually from the Catawba Newport, and the ones that were found in Reesville that were buried in the Jolly Cemetery you know, would be in that same area, you know, in the Catawba Newport area. So I feel that's where they're at. They're at. It was in that, that cemetery there. That's an incredible amount of research and, and footwork that you did there. You were comparing a hand-drawn map from 
what was essentially an antique book mm-hmm. to modern records, which none of those matched up real well. But when you do an overlay, because I saw in your video, you kind of did a, a side-by-side comparison. It's very plausible. And I mean, short of ground penetrating radar, which may or may not turn anything up, I think you nailed it. I think you, you located exactly where the location would be. Yeah, I, I think so too. Others may not. I mean, because I've had one person tell me that him and his buddy actually found a cemetery somewhere in the outskirts of Reesville, but he won't, he won't disclose where it's at. Well, that's not real helpful, is it? So can we back up a little bit? What exactly are the giants of West Virginia? Some people believe that they were mound builders, that they were a race of mound builders. And, but I don't think they, they were all giants. It seems like in some of the mounds that were found, the, the ones that were found in Marion County, none, none of them were found in mounds. They were found, actually, most of them were right at the edge of waterways. Like uh, the Reesville ones were at the edge of a pawpaw creek that dumps into the Mon River. They were building a bridge and actually come across the skeletons there. The ones in that they say were in Palatine were actually, I guess, if I remember right, there was a flood or something, and it washed the bank away, and they found the giant skeletons, if I remember that one correctly. And the ones that were found on the border of Marion and Mon County in the White Day area, I'm having to blank on the fellow's name. But, uh, it was him and his wife. I think he was a doctor. They were actually walking along the creek and noticed the oddly stacked rocks along the edge of a like a rock overhang and as they pulled the rocks back they actually found i think it was two there and one was in like a seated position well that's different that's definitely not something you hear about too often in archaeology as far as at least the time period of the mound builders because as you said these weren't in mounds there was supposedly by the book that i have it's called now long ago the fellow wrote the book looked into many records of people the folks from that area uh whether it was writings they'd done or passed down stories and supposedly from where the West Fork and the Taggart River formed them on the convergence of that those two rivers formed them on from that point even up into the into the West Fork watershed there were supposedly earthen mounds not like you typically would see you know the Moundsville mound they were described as kind of arches some of them like you know earthen forts uh, some were even described as being maybe shaped as as in the shape of, he- of a head, you know, like a profile. Um, but those are supposedly ran from there to the Little Creek, mounds all the way through there. And not only was that described, but there was, I mentioned the, the Macadam Road. It was described as a mussel shell, crushed mussel shell and rock road that was built from that area to down toward the little creek area ending near the little creek and it was supposedly nine feet wide and 14 inches thick and ran that whole that whole length and there are stories about when you know later settlers had went through there plowed a lot of that over they found the road but they also found artifacts and they said they were they would take artifacts by the sacks full they they they, they said you know coffee bean sacks full out of these mounds and and, and ended up shipping him to like antiquities or whatever in Germany or in, and, and other parts of the world. Now that the dams have been built, a lot of that area that would have, that would have been probably the Macadam Road is basically underwater. 
So I don't know if it ever could ever be found again. I can only imagine how big of a nightmare it would have been to try to plow through that road using just a horse-drawn plow. Yeah, it would have it been a job, I guarantee you. Well, let's change direction a little bit to a little more modern of an encounter. This is one that came up, oh, a few months ago on your site, on your YouTube channel. And someone witnessed, honestly, it looked like a paleolithic wolf-type creature that ran across the road. Yeah, that was that was kind of interesting. It was in, it was actually in in Tucker County and just outside of Canaan Valley. Well, actually, just as you enter Canaan Valley, coming out of the the, uh, the Harmon direction, he was a uh, garbage truck driver. He was going back and forth from the Harmon area to the uh, Tucker County landfill right there in Davis. And on his third trip, as as he was coming back toward Harmon. He looked off to his right and seen this, what he thought was a deer, because it was a, it was a, a pretty good distance away, running toward the road. So he started to slow down because you know, as we all know here in West Virginia, if there's one deer, there's usually more. So he thought, well, there's he you know he didn't want to hit a deer. And where he showed me, he started to slow down to where and where that thing was at. That thing, because he slowed from 50 miles an hour to, he said, down to like 20 or so. And it was like close to the same distance, or maybe he was a little shorter distance. But it covered the ground twice as fast as he did. And as he, as he come up, it stopped at the edge of the road, jumped off the bank. There was a little bank. It jumped down, and there was a dead deer laying there. And this thing stood in the middle of the road, looked, like looking at it, and then grabbed a deer and ran across the road and went up over the hill. And he describes it as kind of like a, his, his girlfriend described it to me first or told me what she thought that, you know, what they found on the internet. But he describes it as the only thing he could think of as modern time would be like a, some, a large hyena, but it had a real long, had a long snout and it had a mouthful of teeth and it was just big and like stout, stronger in the front, shorter in the back. But then I can't remember the name of the creature. It was like Andrew Shores or something like that. He, they started looking through on the internet. They found that. And when she told me it looked like a, this prehistoric animal, and I knew what she was talking about. And so as I did talk to him more about it, he said, man, the only thing I could tell you, that's the closest thing that I can describe it to. I, and I asked him, I said, you sure it wasn't like a large wild, wild hog? Or, or he said, no, this thing... It didn't have the nose like a hog or anything like that. He told me the nose is more rounded, almost kind of like the shape of a horse's nose, you know, that soft, and it had big nostrils. So I asked him, I was like, how did you feel when you seen it? He said, first I thought I was seeing things. I said, what seemed in your mind that you weren't? He said, "That's." He said when it ran off and up over the hill, he said, and I started going down the road again, and about another 1,500 feet down the road, a second one jumped off the bank and ran across the road in front of him again. That's when I knew that I was seeing something that I've never seen before. And these things had to be just massive because, like you said, it picked up a deer carcass and drug it away. That's the thing. He said it carried it. He it didn't drag it. It had it in its mouth as it was going forward up over the hill, not dragging it. It just had the thing picked up and was going up over the hill. Wow. Yeah. That has to have massive muscles. And he said it was built heavier in the front, so that makes sense. Yeah, he said it was very wide, stocky, like long. He said it was shaped like a like you would see a, 
uh, a large hyena or whatever that had, had how their stock here in the front. And then a couple of weeks later, I had a lady message me and said, "Hey, you remember that guy that you talked to? You know, about, they had the sighting of Tarkani, the, the strange creature." And I'm like, "Yeah." And she goes, "I had I've seen something pretty much identical." And she said, "The only thing I could think of was to call it a hyena, American hyena or something like that." She goes, "I didn't know they existed." And I was like, "Well, how far?" away were you and she said about 500 feet from where he seen the two he seen now what time frame are we talking was she was her sighting close to his yeah they were pretty close if i remember within a within a few months i believe it was well it sounds like something's there for sure yeah now let's get into the heart of what brings you on here today you actually have just released a a booklet several months back called west virginia cryptids a visual field guide for traversing the mountain state and you are the author who provided the background information on the cryptids, and your co-author, or I guess the illustrator for this, Mark A. Randall. I have a copy here that is signed by both you and Mark, and I gotta say, this thing is awesome. Oh, thank you. Now, what prompted you to put this book out? Well, Mark Mark does you know does his illustrations. He's done several projects for other authors. I know he's done some stuff for Small Town Monsters, uh, illustrations for some of their movies, and things like that. And he also does just his his own art, his own inter- interpretations of different cryptids or, you know, say, Andrew Cold and things like that. Or he also does just, like, landscape stuff. What do you want to call it? Abandoned buildings and stuff like that. He, he does that kind of stuff and takes pictures and does things to them to make them look cooler and to give a little creepy vibe to some of them. Well, he messaged me. He said... Uh, would you be interested in doing a project with me? And I was like, sure. But I had no idea what he was wanting to do. And he's like, I would like to do a cryptid book, you know, with cryptids in West Virginia. He said, I'll, I'll do the art if you would write it. And I'm like, oh, because I'm, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a writer. When I actually write, sit down and write by myself for or stuff on my own, it kind of comes out like hillbilly the same way I talk. It took me a while to do it. I use grammarily. Grammarily helped me some with punctuation and stuff like that, you know, because uh, I never was a big on English in school and, and whatnot. I done the research on each one because he he asked me, so what ones would you want to do? Let's you know we kind of back and forth of what kind of cryptids we wanted to do. You know, we didn't want to like as far as Bigfoot, we didn't want to use just Bigfoot. We wanted to, so I want to do a regional one. So I did the Polk Gap Monster, which is uh, near the uh, down below the Beckley area, outside of Beckley. And, you know, some of them aren't just West Virginia-centric. I mean, like the Snallygaster crosses over into West Virginia from, from Maryland and, and, and Pennsylvania. And same way with a couple of the other ones. You know, the, the Gua is, is, has stories from Pittsburgh clear to Fairmont, West Virginia. So we decided to, you know, pick and choose those and, and get a couple of obscure ones, which, which, which is where Vegetable Man falls in. So I, I done a lot of research on each one of them and then done my best to condense all that research, you know, with the format of the little booklet into like three, two, 250 to 300 words. So I tried to give like maybe a historical count of the area or uh, the sightings or something you know, that happened with each one and just went from there. I'll be honest because I do a lot of writing for the show. Trying to keep things condensed is sometimes more difficult than writing at length. So in your descriptions, 
you kept all the important things in there, but you also added in firsthand accounts, which is essential for a book like this, because a lot of modern books, they get away from the original reporting, and you kept all that intact in here. Well, that's, that's what I wanted to do. Once I got into it, I felt that was my, I don't want to say style, that's how I, that, that, I, that I felt suited me best to do that, because that's that's the way I like to read things. You know, when I read it, I want to, I like the history part of it. I like the, the creepy part of it or whatever, when it comes to the cryptid stories and all that and ghost stories. But I like to hear about where that story came from, you know, whether it's a, a little bit of the area or the people or things like that. Exactly. Now, where can people find your book? They can actually order it from me directly, but yeah, you can find it on Amazon. Just look up, you know, mine or Mark's name or just West Virginia cryptids and usually my name or his name brings it up okay i'll actually post a link to it on the show notes for this episode oh thank you and we do have one other thing that's coming up in october for our local listeners we have the west virginia case paranormal expo taking place in cheat lake at the cheat lake fire hall on october 9th and this is the second annual one yeah if you want to call that after the gap we had last year well, we can't hold 2020 against anybody. Right, right. So we're hoping hoping everything goes well this year. It'll be vendors and speakers. The fire department's going to have food later in the afternoon, but I think there's a fella coming in for the breakfast. And uh, we're hoping to have the same as we did before, you know, the little raffles. Uh, there'll be a 50-50, which half of that, all the raffles, the 50-50, half of it is donated to the fire department as well as any of the other like auctions and stuff like that. Okay, and what sort of presentations are going to take place? Like I said, everything's subject to change right now, so hopefully it doesn't. <laughs> we will have Kevin Paul out of Pennsylvania. He'll talk about the Green County. Oh, shoot, I was talking to you about that book the other day. The one he did, Rosemary Ellen Guiley. He'll be talking about the experiences and, and ghost stories from the Pennsylvania area. Amy Boo will be coming to talk Bigfoot. There's going to be a lady come talking about vampires. And Mary Petrella will, pro will be back talking about psychic protection and, and, and things like that. Okay, okay. That's that's who we have so far. I, I'm, I'm thinking about adding one or two more. We had six the first year, and it seemed to do pretty well. Then we had the round table at the end. I'm not sure if I'm going to go that far with it this year as far as six because it seemed a little seemed a little tight on schedules. But uh, So maybe five this year and do the roundtable again at the end of the day. Okay. Two years ago when I was able to make it, it was a really good presentation. I know putting on events like that are not easy to organize, so you did a really good job with that first one. Well, I'm hoping it turns out as well this year. Like I said, there's still a lot of people kind of skittish about things. Mm -hmm. At this point, the last section of our interview got corrupted, so I'm just going to go straight into the end credits. You didn't really miss anything, so sorry for the confusion. I want to thank my guest, Les O'Dell, for joining me tonight. His book, West Virginia Cryptids, is available on Amazon, and the organization, West Virginia Cryptids and Strange Encounters, can be found on Facebook. I will post links to both of these, as well as the link to the October 9th event, in the show notes. The Esoteric Book Club can be found on Facebook, Patreon, and at esotericbookclub.org. This show is supported by patrons such as Samantha Shaver, whose donations help with server costs, reading material, and a steady supply of coffee. 
If you would like to help sponsor the show, you can join my Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Every little bit helps, so thank you to all of my donors. That's all I have for tonight, so until next time, remember, stay weird. Okay.